This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better media host or looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO, or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month free. And with that said, enjoy the show. You're listening to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling with your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, but if this is your first time joining the show, I'd like to welcome you back to episode number 87. I am Nick Howell. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous, and we have just had a massive weekend of WWE uh, programming, pay-per-view programming specifically. Yes. We had SummerSlam and TakeOver Brooklyn 4 this weekend from NXT. Uh, and it was overall, I'd say, a really entertaining weekend. I, it yeah. was a lot, a lot of wrestling, but a, I was really entertained, man. I feel really good coming out of this weekend. Uh, our, our long national nightmare is either over or just beginning, depending on where you sit in the crowd um, yeah. after the main event of SummerSlam. Uh, we will have to discuss that. That's um, a big topic of discussion. Uh, we also had a ton of other uh, big like title changes and schmoz finishes and squashed matches. Schma- and, what is a schmoz finish? Uh, that's when it's like a, a weapon is introduced or it's a oh, DQ okay. or a count out. It's it's like it's a it's a muddled finish. It's not a it's not an actual definitive. I had end never heard that term. Schma- a, schmoz. Schmoz. I okay. believe it's. Hebrewish uh, of some sort, but um, but yes, it, it is it is basically a way of saying it was kind of a non finished. Okay, match. we had a, we had a bunch of those, and I was actually shocked at how many matches in SummerSlam, particularly, ended up being uh, the beginning of feuds. Like it wasn't; these are not the ending of feuds, which you would assume you would see at a big show like SummerSlam. Maybe their 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 idea with this show was it's a big show. We're going to get a lot of eyes on this. Let's try to get people invested for the next few months with you know wanting to find out what happens next with some of these things right right so that's the only thing i can think of uh you know uh, coming out of take as is the normally the case this is becoming a funny trend uh, with takeovers being as amazing as they are on saturday nights and then looking forward to another six hours of watching wrestling on sundays it can get a little bit i, I get a little bit hard and critical of the main roster pay-per-views mm. because of the high that I'm left on yeah. coming out of takeovers. And, you know, th- there was some of that this time. It wasn't as big as it has been for some of the the B-show kind of stuff. But, you know, WrestleMania takeover was uh, was amazing. Um, in uh, Chicago. New- yep. And then this one was also just uh, just amazing for takeover. Well, Chicago was also awesome. Yep. Ugh, just, so that was me coming into SummerSlam was riding that high you know, going out on what we saw happen at TakeOver and then coming into this. And it I was telling you before the show, it felt a little long-winded. 
You know, I, there were matches I completely forgot I had not funny. happened yet. My energy stayed up for most of SummerSlam. Like I, because every time a new match would come around, I would be going, "Oh, cool! I want to see what happens with this one. Oh, cool! I want to see what happens with this one." Um, you know, even with ones where I was shocked by what happened in the uh, in the actual match, or just or let down at the end of it, or whatever, I I always had energy for the next one. So that was that was to me the sign that at least from where I was sitting, that there was a, a fairly well put together show. Yeah, and in addition, I've gotten used to the takeover and then the main roster uh, gear shift, if you will, <laughs> uh, kind of getting in the mindset of I'm watching something that fundamentally is, from a creative standpoint, built differently. Yes. They are trying to do something different. Uh, and the presentation is different. The talent is different. The philosophy is different. So I'm able to really kind of change and, and say, you know, I would like to see more of the kind of stuff that they're, they're doing with TakeOver because that's what I prefer with the product. But at the same time, I understand, mentally at least, what WWE is going for in terms of how they want to present their main roster product. Uh, so I, I don't know for, for me, it was still, I was able to shift the gears. I haven't been able to yet, but that being said, Close. there's still some stuff on the main roster that no matter what gear I put myself in, that car is going to stall. So, uh, but the thing is we can't just talk about this in general sense. We got to dive right in and talk about the whole thing. So let's go, let's do it. And let's start off with talking about SummerSlam. Well, when we kick things off with SummerSlam, we have to talk about... We got three matches in the pre-show three this in the time. Pre- I thought there were going to be four. Oh, I did, too. I, I think we picked four. I we, we said four just in case. Yeah. Thank goodness that the uh, Bailey and Sasha tag team, whose name shall not be mentioned here, did not face off again against the Riot Squad. But we did start off pulling the curtain. Rusev Day, Rusev and Lana, versus Zelina Vega and Andrade Cien Almas, which... I was surprised it went first, but looking at the card. Where were you going to put it? Where else was it going to go? Right. Where right. else was it going to go with what they wanted to do with the other matches? At least it was on the show. Yeah. Well, and, and we had a backstage segment as well where they were getting ready to come out to the ring for mm-hmm. the match. And we had uh, Aiden English coming up and going, how can I help? What can I do? How do I redeem myself? This, right. this constant kind of sense of redemption. The poor puppy dog left out in the rain. Like, what can I do for my master? Wah, to- wah, exactly. Wah. So and they were like, no, no, we got this. You just messed things up. <laughs> Only they didn't got this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, after a, a fairly fun match, they were obviously working a pre-show match. Yeah. Um, it was a fairly fun match, but at the end, uh, Andrade uh, he he distracts Lana one too many times. She slaps him. She gets a roll up from behind by Zelina Vega, who puts her feet on the ropes at the last second and pins Lana clean. One, two, three. Rusev Day with the clean loss to Zelina and Vega and Andrade Cien Almas. Um, Do we care? I yeah, I care. I mean, at the end of the day, what is the what does this ultimately lead to? Well, here's here's what I was wondering is you know okay off the top it's like oh Rusev Day is losing on the pre-show. Well, yeah, but they're working a bigger picture. I feel with with Rusev Day right now, we're seeing Rusev Day get broken down, hopefully to be be built back up, and they're not going to get to that point, and Creative's going to forget about them. Oh right, we were supposed to do something with Rusev Day, and they forget. Um. Or they lose faith because, you know, the audience loses faith because they will. If, if someone starts losing a lot, the audience at some point, they like to cheer winners. So they will, they'll stop chewing, cheering Rusev Day. So hopefully they don't. Hopefully that they, they stay invested in Rusev Day and keep cheering them uh, so that they can be built back up successfully. And that at some point, Andrade Cien Almas gets, you know, put into a bigger uh, program of some sort because... With Rusev, you think? Uh, no, not, like in general. 
Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Like, get this stuff with Zelina and Lana out of the way. Get it out of your system. Zelina is not a wrestler. Andrade's a damn wrestler. Let him wrestle. Um, but fine, we're, we're seeing a Lana push right now. They're definitely trying to get Lana a little bit more FaceTime, which is why Zelina and Lana have been the crux of this feud for the most part. You know, they're the ones who are really going at it. They're the ones who've been involved in the finish for, I think, most, if not all, of their matches so far. Then why not just split them up and let them have matches individually? Why do we... I, I understand Because they, Rusev Day's a unit, and so they Well, sure, but and this, are they writing some of the success of the mix, Mixed Match Challenge that was on Facebook Watch earlier this year? With this particular one, yeah, I think yeah. so. I think It they, felt like that. Yeah, and, and I think they, they learned some lessons from that that they used here. Um, but at the same time, yeah, it was it was what it was. Um, I called Rusev Day to win. I think you called uh, Andrade and, and Zelina. Did I? Oh, sorry, I, I called Zelina and Andrade. Yeah, you I called Rusev, Rusev Day. Day. Yeah. Um, I, I picked this one right, but um, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens in the long run with, with Rusev Day. There's obviously a story going forward with with Aiden and everything else. So you know, it was what it was. It was just there. Cool. Um, I was a little disappointed that the Cruiserweight Championship was on the pre-show, but in hindsight. Because Cedric Alexander ended up retaining his title over Drew Gulak in a in a fun match, not like a barn burner, but it was an entertaining match. Picked it up could about, have been though. Picked up about halfway through, had a really exciting finish. Yeah. Uh, there was you know Cedric has started to use a Spanish fly as a signature and or finisher, and he went from this really nice mid ring Spanish fly to this sequence of roll ups back and forth between the two. It ended up with uh, with Cedric getting the final roll up and retaining his title. Yeah. Um, so that I thought that was I thought it was fine. It was a decent match. I'm a little disappointed because we both had called Gulak to take this because as much as you and I both love Cedric Alexander, I think you'll agree it's Gulak's time. It is the mu- hit, Cedric's entrance music is kind of bad. It's it, not, it's really bad. It's it's really bad. It's let's, let's not let's it's not uh, cut corners there. It, it's pretty bad. Uh, and there's just I don't get the charisma off of him that I want off of a champion. Unfortunately. Love Cedric and his abilities in the ring, but I think right now Gulak is, dare I say, carrying that division right now. Well, and he has been the most interesting guy on 205 Live for most of its run. I mean, even back when they were all having to be much more cartoonish Vince-style characters, Gulak was still one of the most interesting guys, and he has pivoted his character just enough to be more of a modern Triple H 205 Live guy but he still has maintained enough of the fun aspects of his character that he's one of the best defined characters on the show. He has a really good posse of, of goons with him and, and the Brian Kendrick and uh, Jack Gallagher. Um, you know, his, his presentation, the work he's done in, on commentary when he's sitting by the ring, the, the promo work he's done. I think he would have been a very good champion. And I don't know. It's not often you get rematches. Uh, in in two hundred five live that I've seen, I think Mustafa Ali is the only one who got like a couple of rematches. Right. Uh, so I don't know if Drew, if Gulak's going to get another shot or if they're going to go pivot and go towards Leo Rush now and have Leo uh, Rush be the champ, which I think would be a mistake at this point. I agree. Too soon. Too, Too soon. soon. And I don't think that as someone to to take it off of Cedric Alexander, that Leo is going to def, you know redefine the the nature of the championship enough. No. So. I mean, it's going to take like a Gulak or a Buddy Murphy. I mean, is there any chance of Neville ever coming back? You know, that it's something like Triple that H is- was asked about Neville this week. He says he's not aware of the current state of his contract, but he knows that uh, Neville is still under contract and is it, they're still working on it. Interesting. Which, uh, you know, never believe a damn <laughs> word. <laughs> never believe a word that comes out of his mouth right. when he's doing a press conference. But 
He probably knows exactly what's up with Neville. He doesn't want to say, but he did. He did put him over as one of the best talents in the world. Which oh yeah, he is, he and is. it's been a shame. He's been on the shelf for nearly a year. Thanks, Enzo. Some nonsense. Let's uh, talk we'll about the who one. Who knows if it's an Enzo or what it is? Oh, but true. anyway, let's talk about the one match that I was overly hyped for Ugh. for the pre-show, which was Ugh. the revival facing off against the Raw Tag Team Champions, the B Team. B Team, go go go! No, 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 no! I'm there. I'm done with them. I'm over. I'm, Already? It's over. They've yep. been left champs for like three weeks. Yep. Yeah. I I am sick of their. Uh, so this match started off with the with the revival um, getting an early shatter machine and looking really dominant in the early part, and then at the end, uh, a couple distractions. The ref was looking the wrong way while uh, the revival was rolling up uh, the B team for like ten seconds. Yeah. And then uh, looks back around right as. Uh, see if I can get this. Get who ran into who here, but uh, um, I think it was Dawson ran into Wilder, who was who was pinning Axel, right? And it rolled over the pin into a reverse pin, and and uh, the ref counted it down. So it was basically an act by accident. The B team won again, again. Look, it's it's all well and good to be a comedy team. It's it's fine. It's all well and good to be a comedy team that wins a lot. That's great. You know, it can it can make for some great stories. When your number one tag team is a comedy team that's beating other teams that should look legitimate, like legitimate teams with comedy, like stuff like this all the time, it's one of the reasons why the raw tag division is in such a state of disarray right now. Your top guys can't win a match legit. Your top guys win matches by accident. And make guys who are legit look like fools doing so. And this is coming this off is the back of, the of Bray Wyatt and Matt Hardy broken, woken, yeah. excuse me. And, and Matt's, gone. Matt's gone now. He's officially out getting rehabbed. So that team's done. So that's one less tag team that you have to put in there. So, I mean, it doesn't make sense that the AOP is being kept away from the B team. What are you going to do? Have, you know, one of those guys trip and fall on his face and knock himself out and B team gets the win by pinning him? No, this... This is ridiculous, and I'm 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 done. B team needs to go back down and lose the titles and give it to someone else like the Revival, who is a le- who is legit and can have some real tag team wrestling. This is supposed to be one of your big titles, right? The tag teams should be able to main event a pay per view. Not right, not right now. They're, not a, they're not on the pre show. Tag team event, uh, main eventing under Vince. They're on a pre show. That's it's ridiculous. So well, yeah, no, a, a, a no. moment of of commentary if I can before we get into the the kind of the main show part. Coming out of the pre show, we had uh, Rusev Day lose. Yep. We had Cedric Alexander retain, mm-hmm. and we had B Team retain, which yes. I didn't expect. Any of those outcomes? Um, you didn't. No, I, I picked uh, Zelina Vega and Andrade so I, almost, I know, but the other two we I were know, off. Yeah, but my point would be coming out of the pre-show, I kind of went, <laughs> "Oh shit!" Gotcha. They're they're just they're they're not doing anything that they've led me to believe they were going right. to do. And what is this going to do? Is this indicative of everything else? Have I called everything wrong? You got uh, one for the right. rest of the night. I got one. Gotta, uh, we both gotta, got a ton of them right, but we both got a ton wrong and both got a ton right. Um, but it's it's mostly about what I wanted to my feeling going into the the four hour extravaganza mm. of what we uh, what we're going to talk about next. Was it? It was almost five hours. You're five right. hours, a seven hour pay per view yeah. if you include the pre show. Oh, a lot God. of wrestling, dude. Oh so, man. yeah, the paper the the it started off definitely a bit uh, a bit surprising. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, then we got to the main show. 
and uh, kicked it off with, you know, so a lot of people make uh, a deal about where things fall on the card, right? How dare you open the show with the Intercontinental title, um, which is a, a thing, something I hear a lot. Sure. If the Intercontinental title has some of the most over guys on your roster and your philosophy is to start that crowd hot, yeah, you do that first. Absolutely. You don't build it like New Japan where it feels like a sporting event where the undercard is the undercard and you build to the main event. You start hot. You start hot out the gate. And they they did. Yeah, they did. They didn't even have the champ come out first. They didn't have a guy involved in the match come out first. First guy out on the main show, Dean Ambrose. Because pop. Because pop. And good God that he get a pop. Yeah. Dean comes out and then Seth comes out uh, for their match against Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre. Obviously, McIntyre and Ambrose in the corners for their respective guys. Well, interesting thing here as well. Ziggler came out in front of McIntyre, which I thought was interesting. Hey, he always does. Champion come out last. That's what, I guess that's what uh, I'm thinking. I see what you're saying. Well, so yeah. Ambrose came out first and then followed by Rollins, but then Ziggler came out followed by McIntyre. I'm trying not see, to read I too thought, much into that. I thought it was that the, the Seth coming out after Dean thing was the more of the irregularity than the other way around. You know, the champion usually comes out either with his corner mate behind him Did or we coming need out four next. entrance songs is another big question he, yeah when the guys are as over as these four guys yeah, are okay, okay absolutely and that's and that is uh that is the the way that Dolph and drew have been entering is Dolph out and then going check out what i got yeah i got a scottish psychopath <laughs> you know Fair so enough. that's yeah so i thought that I, I didn't read too much into it um, what was what I read into was the length of this match. They let this match go a long time. And as we mentioned, there was a bunch of squash matches on this show. All those squash matches, by the way, were raw. We're from raw. This is the only match on raw that I believe went longer than five minutes. Seriously, seriously. All the other wow. raw matches put together were two thirds as long. All the other ones put together added up to two-thirds as long as this one match was. Holy smokes. An interesting little statistic. Huh. But, um, but yeah, so but this was a, it was, a, it was a good match. It got really good. It started slow, uh, which seems to be Ziggler's stock and trade these days, is, is starting slow, lots of rest holds, and then building. But, my God, when it got going, this was a great match. Yeah, it, it was. a really good match. One of the best matches on the card. Not surprising. It's Seth and Ziggler. They can they can put on a show. And then you had the dynamic of Ambrose and McIntyre outside the ring and their yes. face-offs and their moments. And Dean just walking right up to him like, what are you going to do? Did I, I mention that, that I thought that Dean and, and, and Drew were going to start feuding? And I'm, I'm like 95% sure that they're going to have their own little feud. Sure. And every time they got FaceTime with each other, like just got up in each other's face, like Dean's a big enough dude that he can get pretty up on Drew. And it just looked, I'm like, oh, God, please. I can't wait for these guys to beat the crap out of each other. This is going to be fantastic. That's going to be good. Or put McIntyre with Rollins for the Intercontinental title. Maybe he gets a run at it now, and Dolph has dropped it. I think, so, the, I think the plan is going to be Seth and Ziggler continue. because now. Sense. So the end of this match, first of all, I, uh, just the, some, some of the moves that happened in this match could only happen with these two guys working together. I have, there was one, uh, I don't know, we'll see. It was an inverted uh, re- it was a reverse superplex or an inverted superplex where we're in, into a reverse roll into, into a reverse DDT. Yeah. Or like a sidewalk slam DDT. He basically, in, yes, he basically inverted what he normally does, which is a superplex to, to a, um, Falcon a Falcon arrow. He just basically turned the guy around on that move. And I don't know if I've ever seen that before. I don't think I've ever seen that before either. Yeah. I, I mean, 
I think good, they called good, it a good modified God. sidewalk slam. If you if you ever need to get respect for Ziggler, because it's I mean respect for Seth for putting on that move, but Ziggler's got to be the one that takes it. And you could injury is, is so easy with that move. There's probably Holy, a reason we have never seen it. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. That was one of the spots of the night of the weekend, I would say, and that's saying something given what we're about to talk about on Takeover. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah, it was a it was a great one, and then we had a nice sequence with some distractions. Um, Seth and Ziggler both going for a super kick at the same time. Uh, Ziggler just a second too late. Seth hitting his, and then the stomp. One, two, three. Seth Rollins, your new Intercontinental Champion. Yes. Um, this surprised me. I'm not going to lie. I, I thought Ziggler was going to retain because Dean's back, and there was going to be some sort of interference cluster on the outside. And then we're going to have this feud go on. I guess it's going to go on now with Seth as the champ and Ziggler chasing and, and Dean and Drew going to, they're going to go be the the henchmen that are fighting. I don't know. I think this may lead to them splitting them up again at this point. And we, we end up where McIntyre, they, the role reversal. I think McIntyre is going to take front and center here for a bit. Uh, Yeah. That's what I mean. It's like, he's going to go have his own, like whether it's Dean or Seth, I, I think it could be either one of those and I wouldn't be mad at it, but I think he's going to kind of supersede Ziggler for the short term. Well, I think in the sense that right now Dean is a bit of the hotter property. He's fresh off, you know, he's fresh back. Uh, everyone loves Seth, one of the most over guys in the company right now. But Dean's going to be a little bit hotter at the beginning because welcome back, Dean. Yeah, you know, and he didn't heel turn, which a lot of people were calling. I was going to bring that up. Yeah, uh, and frankly, Drew just brought it up in a, in chat here. Uh, that was one of the things he was walking around doing his cra- I'm crazy Dean oh, Ambrose at the end thing of the match? at the end of the match and I'm oh. going he keeps cutting eyes back to him and I'm going oh he's gonna do it oh yes oh he's gonna pop. oh I was I was on the edge of my seat I'm like here it comes here it comes here it comes here it comes oh no okay all right I guess all he's right. so we're just gonna <laughs> fist bump and move on all right cool, all right cool, cool. All, right. all right that's how they're doing it because we we saw like they could have gone either way with it like I understand if they're, why they would keep him face and on Seth's side right now because of Drew McIntyre. I also see how he'd turn heel, but I was definitely like, you're, yeah, absolutely. To answer Drew in chat, yes, there was absolutely a moment where I was like, it's coming right now. Yeah. He's letting him win the championship, and then he's going to challenge him so that he can beat him for the championship. No? Okay, we're moving on. No, all right. Well, yeah. let's see what happens tonight on Raw. That's going to be an interesting dynamic. Uh, I think how that do, that all of this speculation we're doing will be developed, I think, or at least set in motion tonight on Raw. Yeah for the Intercontinental Championship. Uh, next up, we had a little bit of a uh, of Bella's moment backstage. Yeah, I which... wanted to talk about this really quickly. Okay. I want to talk about this really quickly because we had the Bella's backstage, and I it's, it's funny given everything that's happened with the women's evolution, revolution, blah, blah, blah. The, to see them again and to see how they're, they present themselves and how they feel now, they're like the last ugly vestigial remains of the Divas era. Yeah. You know, them and the Lana push. But it's it's just, yeah, they're, they, they drive me nuts now. Uh, they always drove me nuts, but now they drive me extra nuts. Here they are backstage, you know, asking what they think of Ronda Rousey. Like, oh, we love Ronda, but we're here to talk about all the stuff we're doing. And here's this show, and here's this show, and here's this product line, and here's this. Because WWE they're is paying shills, for it. Of course, absolutely. But they're, and they're just, they're, their way of, giving a promo is just so stilted and awful, like even more fake than what people complain about with a lot of people that get the, the scripted lines. Like it's just so grating. They're so grating. And then we see them later in the show at, at ringside for Ronda Rousey's match. And the only thing I could think in my head was Nikki Bella, Ronda Rousey at evolution, Nikki, Nikki Bella, Ronda Rousey at evolution. Kill me, 
Kill me now. I think that with all the hugging and kissing and everything that was going on after the Rousey match, which we'll talk about a little bit later, but I, I think my comment was, this is so gratuitous, I'm going to vomit. Like it just it felt so gross, and I felt that way about this advertising oh, spot yes. backstage. Completely gratuitous. Like, come on, it's a pay per view. This isn't TV. Do this on TV. No, but you that's a, that's the thing is that they got to get the message out. It's just it was so transparent that it was just it was absolutely grating. Um, but yes, stay tuned. You're probably going to get Nikki Bella and Ronda Rousey. Nikki's going to do another, another little heel turn, and you're going to see her against Ronda Rousey at Evolution because they are the two most. Uh, like high highest visibility female stars that they have. We're this early. In the we're this media. early in the show. We got to keep talking about wrestling, or I'm going to start throwing up. <laughs> All driving. right. Well, then let's talk about some wrestling. Yes. New Day putting on a barn burner of a match against the Bludgeon Brothers, which I, ne- I never thought I'd say. Uh, unfortunate about the finish, where uh, there uh, one of the Bludgeon Brothers, where uh, let's see, it was Rowan took the mallet to the back of Big E as he and Xavier were about to put the up up down down on uh, Harper. And so there was a DQ finish, which was the only thing keeping this from being one of the matches of the night, in my opinion. Uh, yes, and you said your spot of the night was that reverse superplex. My spot of the night was Xavier Woods jumping off the top rope oh. with a big elbow onto the floor. To the outside. What? Wow. That was a hell of that, a move. That made me hurt. Like, I did. Oh. Yeah. Don't do that stuff. It, it's duh. That was my spot of the night, uh, honestly. Uh, that, there was a, there was a couple of, of possible ones in this match yep. that were that were fantastic spots. Um, it was the most I, I think the mo- like the most of a real match I've seen the Bludgeons have. It wasn't a squash. They actually had a competitive wrestling match. Yeah, um, which it was nice to see. I thought this was going to be another squash. Thank you for having an actual match. It's just obviously this feud had to continue. It was just that that finish just drained all the air out of this match. Yep. Um, even if the even if you're going to have the bludgeons retain, have them do it in some just demonstratively destructive way, where they just kind of put a yeah. do something where yeah. they 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 get it clean or sneaky or something, not a DQ. Well, and even if it's a DQ, have them really beat them down afterwards. They kind of okay, like sure. you know there was a there was the whole Harper, uh, Harper's like no 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 don't use the mallet I'm going to use the mallet and then roll out and it's done. It was a really quick out after that. Um, and so it really did feel kind of limp at the end. Sure. You know what I mean? It didn't feel like a statement. But, totally. uh, but, but yeah, so so far, you picked the Intercontinental Championship correctly. I picked this match correctly. We're tied. We're tied at this point. Uh, excuse me. I'm up by one because I got the pre-show match. But uh, here comes the one that uh, I've been waiting since last night to talk about. Uh, so last week on the show, we were doing our pickums. Uh, you had this whole conspiracy theory about how you thought the show was going to go down. Totally. You I, thought that I, I, Kevin saw, Owens, I saw a KO authority angle coming. Soon. Absolutely. You wanted the KO authority angle, and that would have been a lot of fun. Yep. Unfortunately, that's not what WWE thought. What WWE thought was, I have a great idea. Let's have Braun Strowman absolutely squash Kevin Owens. Let's have Kevin Owens get in one bit of offense, a kick, and then the rest of the match have Braun Strowman run him over twice outside, power slam him onto the grate on the on the entranceway the ramp, ramp yeah. oh and then just beat the beat him down just beat him down all over the place and win boom one two three quickly over quick squash match from braun Strowman to kevin owens you picked against your boy nick you picked against your boy sorry buddy yeah i i don't i i, I have these grandiose fantastical type of conspiracies yes 
Uh, sometimes they very rarely they come true, I should say. Uh, but they're a lot of fun, right? They keep the show entertaining. All that. What stuff. was it? Cena getting the title at WrestleMania and yeah, beating to become the record, beating, record beating Brock, yeah. yeah, for a year I rode that train, man. Yes, you did. Anyway, uh, I did not. It all makes sense now in hindsight, having seen the entire show. Now that we know what what happened at the end, but um, no, I still think there was a there was a missed opportunity here. So. We'll see where things go. <laughs> there was, but there was, you know, that's there's so many different roads you could go down, and and they went down the one they went down, and it was it, honestly, I think there was logic behind it. And when we get to the main event, we'll talk about that, yeah, about how exactly they played this all out. I just don't understand what the theory was with, I mean, what the hell are they thinking of doing with Kevin Owens right now? That's, I wanted to give a shout out to Kevin Owens. Thank you for being a trooper. You know, <laughs> you, I mean, the last three months at least, you've just been getting thanks annihilated. For signing, thanks for signing that big long contract, Kevin. Time yeah. to lose a lot. Yeah, and look like an idiot. Um, Enjoy your monies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, you know, so mm, yeah, KO lost here, but I won because I picked Braun Strowman. Horrible. And I'm not even the biggest Braun Strowman mark in the room by a long shot. Uh, moving over to the SmackDown Live Women's Championship match. Another match I thought was really good. I liked this match a lot. This was a really entertaining match with a lot of, of you know, good action and, and some near falls. I, I, was, I was certain it was the end of the match. And then they were, they were, they were, they were breaking them up. So it was uh, Charlotte, Becky Lynch, and Carmella for Carmella's SmackDown Live Women's Championship. What did you think of this? Uh, this was one of my favorite things that happened during SummerSlam. Really? This, this match, the outcome of it, all of the stuff, uh, all of the dynamics that surrounded it, the stories of the match that were going on. Carmella felt like a mantelpiece. In, right. Like she was just there. She wasn't really significant in this. This was all about Charlotte and Becky. And this feels like what they should have done long term with Sasha and Bailey to have that kind of feud and actually tell a narrative story. WWE, they've been telling this story and building us for this moment for a long time. The fact that Carmella was there was irrelevant. Uh, the she fact was, that Charlotte won was a big surprise to me, but I ain't mad at it. Yeah, we both because picked of that what one. happened. You, I picked Car- Carmella to retain. You picked Becky Lynch. Yeah, but that third option, the Charlotte win, was ended up being, in my opinion, the best one. That was the best option, and I hadn't. To their credit, you know, when creative gets it, creative gets it, and they got it with this feud. And with this match, I don't think Carmella was irrelevant. She was there to be the foil. I just thought she was going to be the foil for longer yep. in this. Uh, she was there to break up the pins between the two bestie, best friends who were now having to be competitive. Here was my takeaway, though. So at the end of the match, uh, as you said, Charlotte pulls away the victory. And, and there's this. there was a great moment afterwards where Becky was just dejected, crushed. She goes up and she hugs Charlotte. And, uh, you know, shakes her hand and is kind of given the whole, yeah, I know. There's the face covering, hiding the tears. Yeah, hiding, hiding the tears. That. And then they back up and then they hug again. And then Becky drops Charlotte with a huge right hand, huge right hand, drops her, and the crowd blows up. I mean, if not the biggest pop of the night, here's I've already seen people online uh, suspecting that they muted that crowd in the replays. Um, because if you watch it live, that crowd lost its damn mind. Yeah. You had more yes chance than when Daniel Bryan came out. You would have thought the glass shatter came you, happened. Oh you know? my god! They exploded. They blew up. They blew up. Becky Lynch beating down Charlotte, throwing her over the announce desk. People chanting, chanting "You deserve it" at Charlotte. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that was blah, so. Perfect. Here's the thing: Becky Lynch supposedly going heel here, right? The idea being she's going heel. That's what it looks like they're doing, right? Here's the problem. The way they've built the story, 
Everything she's done is understandable. And she's a relatable babyface, a massively relatable babyface. You've just spent months making more relatable and more of a babyface. And now her frustration has built to a point where her best friend has once again not stabbed her in the back intentionally, but kind of screwed her over. Yeah. And Becky finally reaches her boiling point and cold cocks her. Yeah. People are going to be on Becky's side in this. Yeah, bitch. Sorry. <laughs> Dude, I was like, I did too. I was like, yeah, Becky, man, screw her. Yeah, you don't take this no more, Becky Balboa. You can't help it. You can't help but be on her side. How? I mean, they've got to have her do something dastardly in the next week or two. Oh, they're never going to get her booed. It's, it's never going to happen. They can get her booed. They can get her booed. Getting She's, her booed is about as likely as Roman Reigns getting cheered. Mm, well, I'll I'll take that bet. I'll take that bet. Okay. I think they can get Becky get Becky booed, but they're gonna really have to work for it, and it's not gonna make a lot of logical sense. How about that? It sounds like you just described Roman Reigns. <laughs> so yes. <laughs> well, uh, the bottom line is is that at this point, I don't know how they're gonna get Becky healed, but they're gonna have to. She's gonna have to do something really, really evil and twisted to get her over as a heel because otherwise everyone's going to just keep cheering her for being the badass who's who's coming back to get what really should rightfully be hers but her friends came in and snaked it from her yep no so, I, I agree with the actions I, I i love it so yeah neither of us picked this but i loved the outcome as i've said this is one of my favorite storylines in wwe right now is this charlotte and becky dynamic yeah and it just you just lit the match Bam! Now we're off to the races. So what I want to see out of this, uh, if I if I'm continuing on from this, is I don't want I want Becky to go away for a couple of weeks. In a way, I do. Hear me out. What? Hear me out. I want Charlotte to come out with the title and have Carmella go do her rematch. Maybe we lead to Charlotte and Becky at Hell in a Cell in a month. You know, something like that. Oh yeah. But, but go away for go away. Don't be on TV for a week. Let let it build. Oh go no. You hit you strike this while it's hot. You bring her out. First it's thing, never not going to be hot. She's out first thing on SmackDown explaining her actions. You watch. You watch. That's going to be one of the first things you see. It's, it's either her or AJ. First thing out on SmackDown explaining their actions. And to talk about AJ, we got to go talk about him and Samoa <laughs> Joe, who had their match next, which I will take a quick second to say is bizarre. That the WWE Championship's in the dead middle of the show. Yep. But as we said at the top, we're not building the show based on you know, where the titles stand, we, we do it, they do it for the flow. And this was a good place to have it in terms of flow and in terms of the match that they were writing and the match that they built. When you look at how this match was paced and the, the finish and the writing of it, this was the right place to have this match. I disagree respectfully, but I, I want the WWE championship to be relevant again. And I feel like it's a more, a prominent title than the Universal Championship, right? And that's not the way it's being treated. But if you look at the other title, the other matches that are on this show, this was basically the first main event at the middle of the show. This was the end of the first real build of the show, and then it kind of, you know, they let the, they let the air out of the room a little bit, and everyone breathes for a second, and then they build back up to the main event. In my opinion, you know, as far as the the rhythm of this show, this was the right place to put this match. Um, and you don't have to be respectful when you disagree with me. It's fine. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. fine. I freaking disagree with you then. Uh, anyway, I, be building up to this, I thought this was a pretty good, kind of a quick build uh, coming up to this match over the last few weeks. Uh, I, I, getting the wife involved is questionable. Uh, you know, I, they did have some kind of relationship back in. She was under a different name or something back <laughs> in TN. I don't want to get into all of that stuff, but it was Charmel. Was it Charmel? Claire, Charmel. I think it was Claire. Or something no one gets like that. that. All right. Anyway, the point is, 
I, I thought it was interesting dynamic to have, and I loved Joe grabbing the microphone before the bell rang and basically oh. doing it. And I just please just give Remember, give Joe uh, give Joe all the things. So on our on our weekly show this last week, one of the things we said was this needed more stank on it right before you went to the match. There it was, yep. found it, found it. It was Joe grabbing that mic uh, right before the match, and, and he looking wasn't at done the, yet either. Oh, he wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> Joe had a couple of times this match where he he talked to AJ's wife and little little girl in the audience and which i want to i want to be on record saying that i don't agree that having a bloody sweaty aj and a camera crew go going over and handing her his handing him his kid we'll get to that part of the match we'll get to that that part of the match i loved that i loved that part of the match well well, that's the very end let's let's talk about the match first the actual match match which at the for a while there i was worried was going to be too slow i thought the crowd wasn't into it they were exhausted from the becky turn um, but, and, and this kind of match was much more of the mm, deliberate kind of match, you know, definitely a lot, of rest, holds and a lot holds. of rest holds, but then like some big moves and then just, you know, very, very like one after the other deliberate, as I said, but then you had some of those big moves. You had AJ sell some huge spots. You had him put a monstrous, monstrous styles clash on Joe at the one point. Um, almost pulled his trunks off. Woo! I mean, we got was, to, almost got to see Samoa Joe's Joe. I'm, I'm so gl- <laughs> thanks. <laughs> um, but it was, no, it ended up being a fantastic match. Yeah. Um, and as you said, the finish was the part that could have easily ruined the match a la new day and bludgeon brothers, but it was done well to build the drama of it. And, and, and Kimberly in our, in our, uh, chat here just said that she wanted to see Joe and AJ for the big one on SmackDown. Does it deserves more? She wanted to see it in, a, in a big. This is the beginning of this feud. The way that this match ended on this show, it shouldn't have been later in the show, or it would have taken the air out of the crowd at the wrong time. Yeah, this was the that. right. This was the right time to have this finish where Joe gets up. Uh, you know, he's beaten down AJ. He's thrown him into the stairs and bloodied him. Uh, bloodied him. I'm blood and him. gets up on the table with gets on the mic. table with the mic looks out at the at uh, at his wendy. wife at wendy <laughs> at wendy and said you know i said that uh i said that aj i'm gonna send daddy home uh tonight but it looks like that's not gonna happen but don't worry i'll be your daddy oh oh aj lost his shit and aj loses his shit and starts hitting samoa uh, samoa joe with the chair speared him into the timekeepers area the time, the time, and then beat him mercilessly with the chair um and, and then at what the, the part that you were talking about earlier happened where he goes out in the crowd and he's bloody and uh, his little daughter goes, daddy, you're bleeding. And, you know, the, the mom, the Wendy tries to put the daughter in AJ's arms. The daughter immediately wants to go back to the mom's arms. The whole dynamic was just uncomfortable and <laughs> weird. And it was great. It was great. It was a great way to this now to me has so much more energy and passion than anything in the Shinsuke feud. This now yes. you the the stakes have been just sent through the roof. You know, AJ, yeah, he retains his title, but at what cost? Pyrrhic victory, Joe got the win, but AJ lost his crap. You know, Joe proved that he could get in AJ's head, but he didn't have the belt now. This has got a lot more to go. Give that little girl a slammy. Because that was, in my opinion, the acting performance of the night. That was fantastic. I don't know if that was acting. <sighs> That's the point. It's man. very method, hey, you could say. Exactly. <laughs> Hey, man, the best kind of acting is the one that feels the most the real. New, the new Gen Z generation, right? Oh, that was good. Anyway, 
Uh, again, another another schmoz finish, but one I thought was completely appropriate, sold well, and I loved it. And we both thought Joe was going to win the belt, and neither, neither of us got that one right. No, but I but again, this is another one where I called it differently because I didn't see them doing this particular finish. Yeah, and I given that this is going to be an ongoing feud. I thought they made the right choice here. Totally. Another, another one where I'm going to actually go and say WWE Creative did a good job. Yep. What a shock. It was on SmackDown. Except for the next part. The uh, next part? The Elias segment. I didn't mind the Elias segment. But, there was no Lashley. Where was Bobby Lashley? Exactly. So he just came That's out and there's a lot of unknowns. Did he, was the neck broken? Did yes. Lashley oh, come cut on. the neck of the guitar? Oh my God. You didn't get what was happening. This is just like a funny little, this no? like little comedy interlude. No. Hey, it's he Elias. I'm going to play. I'm going to play. It's, it's <laughs> your sarcasm is noted, sir. <laughs> uh, he comes out and he says, I'm going to play this concert for you guys. You know, the usual thing. New York is trash. New York is garbage. Here I go. I'm going to play this concert and blah, the neck of the guitar falls off. And he just, oh, looked at it for like what felt like 27 minutes. Soaked in and- that comedy gold, then threw the guitar, hucked the chair and walked away. It was a great little comedy segment. I thought it was a great little comedy interlude. It had no Bobby Lashley, which would have ruined it. Sure. And any and there was no fingerprints of Lashley anywhere on it. This was great. It was fun. What was the fingerprint? Were they doing te- fingerprint uh, lifting? There was backstage? no. There was no. Fi- I'm kidding. Would okay. you just come on? I didn't like this. I Be thought serious. it made Elias look a little bit. Nah. I don't like the cut, the running gag of the interrupts. It's getting a little long in the tooth at this point. Uh, I want to see Elias wrestle because he's good at it and he's good in the ring. But I like him on the mic. I just I want to see. Him. I'm happy that he got his his pay per view money for a five second spot. But I just I want to see him have a proper story and a feud. But here's the thing is you have to look at it from WWE's perspective. He's a utility guy. He's a guy you can put into different these different spots to fill out your card. He can be he can come out and do the comedy segment and give you that, you know, a little breath between matches and make the make the crowd laugh, entertain the crowd. (laughs) 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 Oh, poor WWE fan. I want what I want. Um, but no, in all seriousness, like that's, that's what he's there for. He can wrestle, but he doesn't have to, they've got enough other guys who can wrestle, who can't do the other things that Elias can do. Right. So if Elias can do these things and you need that, put him out there and do that. Yeah, but He's so good at the other stuff too. He's good at all the stuff. That's yeah. why he's, that's probably why they trust him the way that they do. Yep. yep. So, okay. We have to, we have a big moment here that we have to talk about. Oh, uh, the next match that we're going to talk about is Constable Baron Corbin comes out for his match against Finn Balor. Uh, actually, the next one we have was Miz versus Daniel Bryan. I'm then sorry, we'll talk about one. Finn and Baron Corbin. Let's get to let's get to Miz and Daniel Bryan first because this was another match with a schmoz finish that I thought was a good finish. Mm-hmm. I thought I like it was a this. great finish. I like this. It was, first of all, it was a great match, and about halfway through it, I kind of sat back and went, you know what? This is the pinnacle of sports and the sports entertainment style of professional wrestling where it's very cartoony. And these guys are very much overplaying the storyline of this more than they are really technically getting in there and wrestling, even though there was some good technical wrestling in there and props to Miz for being able to keep up with Daniel Bryan on a lot of that. And some of it, it's mostly just a lot of kicking. There's a lot of kicking, a lot of punching. Sure. There, the Miz finally got punched in the face a few times and uh, a couple of really stiff strikes actually. But um, but at the end of the day, this was very much a storytelling match. Uh, you had Daniel Bryan get his wrestling into it, which to me really elevated it 
to a certain point where I was entertained by the match immensely and only taken out a couple of times by thinking, wow, they're, they're really playing. They're, really, they're, they're overselling the story. You know what I mean? But it didn't, it didn't bother me. I, 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 I should add that's a very, 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 very minor nitpick. Which uh, part? The, the fact that I, that's, there were some points I was distracted by how much of a story this match was oh, yeah. more than it was a match. Yeah. I agree. Because um, there I wasn't play. a lot of, other than like the, he put him in the yes lock one time. I don't know that Miz ever actually got a skull crushing finale off on him clean, no, but I, I, I didn't think so. But there wasn't a lot of like wrestling moves. I'm doing air quotes uh, done in this match other than, you know, it was a, it was a striker match. There was yeah. a lot of these kicks and punches and all this going that's, on. That's something and I honestly got a little I got a little long winded for me. You did it? Yeah. Uh see, I, I was invested the entire time. I, I stayed invested. Were you invested in the story of this and the I thought they did a brilliant job with these two guys and the what they've been doing the last couple of weeks. The eight years. It all ends here. You know, eight years in the making of we got here. I thought that was fantastic. And they replayed it for us all week over and over and over again and in the pre show. Point is, I, I was invested in it there. I just wanted just a sliver more. I wanted to see some more wrestling, and that's and because I know both those guys can do it. If if you consider that this is the first match in a feud that's probably going to go on for a while, because is it though? Oh yeah, absolutely. And so. this is and this is the, here's the thing. We're, it's actually going on in the chat right now, where everyone's blowing up about it. This match not only was the beginning of the oh. Daniel Bryan and Miz feud. This is the beginning of the Daniel Bryan and Brie Bella versus Miz and Maurice feud that will probably go on through evolution and end up going through the rest of the, you know, once, once Maurice is able to wrestle again, which I don't know what her timetable is. She just gave birth for crying out loud right. a couple of months ago. Yeah. Um, well, they I brought the baby. I mean, the empty carriage with a sheet. Yeah, exactly. over it. They brought the baby. <laughs> the baby apparently is a pair of brass knuckles. Uh, but uh, yeah, that, that, so this, that's the beginning of this. That's, that's why Maurice got involved. Uh, at one point, Miz, of course, getting beaten over to the side of the ring. Uh, falls down in, uh, over the barricade in front of Maurice, who slips him a little something, something in his left hand. Brass knuckles. And slips him some knucks. Yep. And uh, ends up catching Daniel Bryan with those on the side of the head. One, two, three. Daniel Bryan loses the first match of this feud. Again, I thought that was a really w- good way to start this story. It gives Miz a huge platform to crow on. It's going to make him even more insufferable. And Daniel Bryan had a nice segment later where he was backstage with Bree. Um, saying how how mad he was about losing the Miz, he's going to go punch some walls, and Bree's like, "Cool, well, you do that. I'm going to go back out and enjoy the show." I got to go tape Total Bellas. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, unfortunately, I think we are heading for a uh, a feud where Bree, uh, Bree and Maurice are involved. But uh, hopefully, we get some good Daniel Bryan Miz matches, and, 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 and before that happens, and also, I think that'll be a fun feud. I really do. Even even with, you know, I, I think the matches, the tag matches are going to be pretty insufferable, but the feud will be fun. Uh, the question in the chat is, are we going to see a third entrant into this uh, fe- featuring Birdie versus Monroe Sky? Uh, <laughs> that's like 20 years down the road. Yeah, maybe 20 years. Okay. Yeah. This maybe we'll still on, be doing this podcast. going on for 28 years. We Your, were here the day that it, that it all started 20 years ago. fought my dad. Now I must fight you yeah. for the honor of my family. I don't know why they became somehow kung fu fighters, somehow but whatever. Samurai or something, right? Uh, <laughs> There's a baby match. Maybe kind of like a like a minis match in Mexico. Only is that a new stipulation? Like, a yeah, baby's the match. baby's match. And you got oh, anyway. We're getting way off track here. Beating each other with a with the pacifiers. Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh, he's got the pacifier. He's pacifying her with the pacifier. 
Uh, Moving on. We both knew that Miz was taking this one. But what we didn't know. I could have swore you picked Daniel Bryan. What's up? We're going to have to go check. I could have swore you picked Daniel Bryan. You can go check. But while you're checking, check something else that I called completely correctly on the uh, August 2nd show. I said that they were building up for something with Finn Balor and Baron Corbin. Stretch out my shoulders here. Uh, uh. Because I said that to me, it seemed like they were building towards having Finn Balor face Baron Corbin as the demon. Yeah. And by God, out came the demon. I didn't believe it until I heard the don't, 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 don't. And I went, I just, I stood up out Mm. of my chair and went. (gasps) And so another thing we should point out is this whole show. Apparently now we're in the era where pyro is passe, but VR or AR, I guess, AR. augmented reality yes. special effects are now the thing. And most of them were either cute or innocuous, you know, having a uh, phenomenal ha- hovering above the crowd when AJ came out, having like, these like weird stands of pancakes on the side when New Day came out. Uh, when Roman comes out, there was a gigantic pit bull <laughs> above him. Here was one where I thought this was fantastic so baron's in the ring he's acting all cocky the lights go out the red lights start flashing the music starts the mist covers the stage and in the sky above the arena this dark swirling vortex of red and black clouds with lightning strikes happening in it unbelievable it looked so good and then finn popping up on stage as the demon with some really good really good paint yeah, this was one of his. One that of paint his, was incredible. One of his better paint jobs that he's had since he's been in WWE. Uh, it looked outstanding, and that I must take hours. I it does. I've I, I watched the documentary about it. It takes freaking hours, and that's just to paint it, let alone design it. Yeah, uh, it's a. It's why they don't do it more often. Frankly, is because it's it's an undertaking. Uh, it's an all day thing, and I I'm not gonna lie, I popped hard. Popped real hard for this. I was I was so into this, and then I kept popping because they did the best possible option here, which was to have the demon absolutely annihilate Baron Corbin, just squash the crap out of him. And we 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 were kind of like mm, I was I was kvetching a little bit about the number of squashes on this. This was one I was completely like, you need. That's what the hundred percent. The demon should be a killer. Just, it's over. Yep. And I love that how Finn has begun to now define the demon as having a different physicality, a bit of a different move set. He's got to come to some of the, some of the same moves with a bit more pepper on him. I wonder if his tongue hurt from sticking it out for 10 minutes straight. Yeah. Um, it, that actually made me think because, so the tongue was there to define where his mouth was because he painted his lips this time. Um, but it made me realize that might be why they have him grow the big beard and smile all the time to draw that much more of a differentiation between him and the demon. Maybe. You know what I mean? Because he didn't smile at all as a demon. No. There was no smiley Finn. There was straight up killer in that demon. Exactly. So, you know, one of the criticisms of the demon back in NXT was it's basically just painted Finn. Now they've done a really good job of showing, I'm happy-go-lucky Finn. Hi, guys. Hey, I'm here. I'm just happy to be here. And when he's the demon, he's a terrifying creature. Yep. Don't summon the demon unless you mean it. Nope. Nope. Uh, I, I, I loved it. I mean, I, th- I thought that was the greatest payoff to this feud. Uh, you know, the bad guy gets the comeuppance. We were saying in that eight, two episode, this is either going to be them finally pulling the trigger on Corbin or a way to get Finn over, uh, by having him lose to Corbin, but then ultimately win this feud. And 
that's what they did. Somehow in invoking the demon, I think is what we said about it. At some point, it. Finn's like, I can't take this guy any other way. I'm going to go to the dark side. Right. I, I, I did go back and listen to it, and I think that was what we had ultimately said, was that you know he couldn't get past Baron Corbin, so it would be the thing that ultimately brought out the demon. I didn't think they would bring it out for this. But I was I was very excited when it happened. Yeah, and here's the thing. Now, in hindsight, the whole build to Corbin and, and Finn makes more sense. Oh, sure. It was it was a little bit lackluster in terms that they didn't really invest in it a whole lot. But now, it, it, I thought it paid off. Yeah, I really thought they paid it off. Yep. So I'm glad I changed my pick to Finn. <laughs> I had originally picked. <laughs> you Corbin. did. You originally picked Corbin. Yep. And then you're like, you know what? Screw it. Um, another match. One match that we both called correctly: Jeff Hardy versus Shinsuke Nakamura. Um. Fine match. Fine it was match. funny. They were both imitating each other and yeah. doing, do, you know, making fun of them. I, it was, it was enjoyable. Yeah, it was for the placement it had on the card, which was, you know, kind of the the pause before the last couple of matches. I thought it did a really good job. I thought it was yeah. an entertaining match. It was fine. It was uh, more exciting than a and and definitely some bigger bumps than a SmackDown match because dear God, that uh, that Swanton bomb to the to the ring apron to the floor. <gasps> Jesus, uh, Jesus Christ, Jeff. Uh, you know, uh, I just, no wonder you're hurt all the time. He actually came out and talked about that. He says, yeah, my back's just not what it used to be. <laughs> really? You're 40 years old with the career and the, and the style that you have? You don't... Anyway. Uh, but he said he's transitioning more to having the uh, the twist of fate be his finisher because it's just easier on him. Okay. And he's basically been holding off on the swantons only for television or if he's feeling good at a house show is basically what he's saying. He's like, okay. yeah, my back's jacked, but... You know, I'm playing it by ear every time. Well, he obviously saved up a bunch of swantons for this uh, pay-per-view because that was the nastiest one I've seen. I, I, I just, I curled up. And he didn't on even my land couch. it. What's that? He didn't even land it. Not got oh, out he of landed the on the apron. Oh, yeah. That's, that's what I mean. <laughs> Nakamura moved out of the way yeah. and then uh, went inside, of course, and pinned him for the one, two, three after a Kinshasa. Let's talk about the, the big part of this match with, uh, of course, you said Nakamura won, but after the match, Randy Orton's music kicks. He comes out looks longingly and then turns around and walks out what what was the deal what do we expect from randy orton at this point is he next in line to come after are we getting randy versus nakamura 2.0 this time for the u.s title i wasn't very excited about that last year when it happened and i'm not excited about the potential for it again Ah. i don't know what's going on with orton right now i do know why they had him walk out and then walk away and, and just leave because he's now he, they want the fans to hate him. If he comes out and RKO's people, the fans want that. Yeah, Don't give them what they want. If you're a heel, that's absolutely why they did that. They wanted you to be like, man, screw you, Orton. What the hell was that? That's what they want. That's absolutely why they did that. Mission accomplished. Mission accomplished. Yeah. Absolutely. It was frustrating. That's supposed to be frustrating. Um, that being said, I have no idea where they're going with this because I don't know how healthy Jeff Hardy is. You know what I mean? Uh, they did the the commentary did say Orton's here to destroy all the heroes. So that may be their way of saying he's going to go for someone else. I don't know who really is a, else is a hero on SmackDown right now besides AJ, who's involved with Samoa Joe right now. So yeah. I don't know who else he would go for. Um, but uh, yeah, again, Nakamura feels like a fifth wheel between Jeff Hardy and, and Orton. So, but it, I mean, looked like Nakamura put away Hardy for good. So yeah. we'll see. All right, we're here. It's time. The last oh two matches, the last two matches of Smack of uh, SummerSlam, and uh, both of them under five minutes long. <laughs> I, have, I have got. I hope you guys are ready because I have been. I am a big balloon of hot air that has been sitting and waiting to talk about this uh, for the last twenty four hours. I guess almost. 
Uh, which one do you want to do first? Women's or men's? Well, women's, of course. Women's. It had to happen. Okay. Let's, let's go by order of the show. Okay. Um, I want to let you introduce it because I'm mostly just mad and irritated. Really? Oh, big time. Oh. Oh, big time. I, I was entertained until the, 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 you know, the, the end of the end until after the finish. And then what happened? The celebration was what drove me nuts. Thank you. Okay, that's what yes. drove you nuts? Yes. Because everything up until that point was just fine. Like, if you're going to have Ronda come in and squash Alexa, I can argue both sides of it. I think it's bad. It's a bad look for your champ. It's a bad look for Alexa, who up till now has been the kind of squirrely heel who can, you know, plan and get her way out of things. And this, she looked like an idiot who couldn't wrestle. Um, Ronda no-sold everything of hers uh, and just dismantled her. Just dismantled her. I, I mean, to the point where she even used the fact that Alexa is double jointed on the elbow to make those that armbar look even more brutal, even more like it just was like, oh, God, it was disgusting. That's exactly if I want to be disgusted and, and be uncomfortable, I'll go watch New Japan. Oh, come you on. Know? I thought that was great. It, it was it was fine. It was like an Olympic judo match, though. It wasn't even really a wrestling match. It wasn't Olympic. No, Olympic judo matches are never that one sided. I saw a tweet last night that sums it up for me. Ronda Rousey is as green as baby vomit. And I, I agree with that. I think she has fantastic potential, but I'm not there yet. I'm not on Team Ronda yet. I still think this is too early. You, you I, seem to be vacillating. Way too soon. You're vacillating right on the periphery of, of the Ronda love. I want to be there. I'm yeah. just not there yet. Here's, here's my issue. is She's very much with this win. She felt like the female Brock Lesnar. And I'm not just saying that because of the MMA background. I'm saying that because now she is the monster who I don't I think you've built up to the point where it's unrealistic if anyone beats her. Yeah. You know what I mean? Who I mean Naya kind of took it to her because Naya does but even Naya lost pretty pretty convincingly if it wasn't for the Alexa interference she would have she was done. Who in the world can even touch Ronda at this point with how she dismantled Alexa here? That's 100% of the reason why I, I didn't want to put the belt on Ronda Rousey. Right. Yet. It's why we both called for Alexa to somehow retain. Yeah. Because it didn't make sense to put it on Ronda yet, unless you're a giant corporation that's about money that knows that Ronda Rousey winning your title is big business. It has TV shows that are, and then they're going to have an all women's pay per view in October and absolutely all the things. Absolutely, right? and I thought they were going to wait and maybe put it on her at Hell in a Cell. In I thought September. Evolution. Or have Honestly. her win it at Evolution. After sure. they made that announcement, that's what I my I immediate been, thought was Ronda Rousey. I would have been happy with that yeah. because you know the whole thing is she's an overhyped rookie. She doesn't want to get it too soon. She's like, I want to earn this. Really? You had, what, one Raw match? You had one match at WrestleMania and one match with Nia Jax, and now you get the championship. It doesn't feel to the people that are hardcore fans like you've earned it. It really doesn't. At the same time, I get it. You want to have... I mean, she is, she is inarguably exciting. She is inarguably fascinating to watch and electrifying in the ring right mm. so she is, she is i i think i think it's inarguable that she's really electrifying good. might be a strong word but i i think she's i think, I think she, the rock you, was an electrifying in the inner in-ring entertainer well yes that was his catchphrase oh, but of course but the, the because you, he owned you it and he on was. this show you've said how much you enjoy ron in the ring you have you're just you're you're mad right now because of this match and this is oh, the, no. what's in your mind right now no i was the guy that's been saying i'm not there yet you said you were there. I'll go pull the clip from this show. You Fine. saying you were there. Fine. You were there. You were in. You're just mad because after this, the coronation. No, no, no. Well, that's part of it. But I, I didn't, hands down, 100% did not want the title to end up on her. 
It's too soon. It's too soon. And it, it is, it's led to exactly what you were just saying, where nobody's going to... It's insurmountable at this point. Yeah. Drew just in the, in, the, in, the, in the commentary said, do they put Alexa and Ronda in a cell? Well, they would have. They would have if Ronda hadn't just beaten Alexa. It would have made more sense to have them be in a cell uh, if, Ale- if Ronda needed to contain Alexa. If Alexa had escaped in this match and somehow held on to her title and Ronda was like, I need a way to keep... Alexa in the ring so I can kill her. I want, I would love to have seen Rhonda be that just ever chasing, you know, baby face, face of your, of your comp women's division, chasing after this chicken shit heel that constantly mm-hmm. slippery slimies away from her, you know, put, do a, do a match, get her, have her get away at SummerSlam, put her in hell in a cell, have her escape somehow out of the cage. Fine. And then have the thing at evolution where you ultimately hand her the title. I'm on board with that. Sure. To do it. Now? Yeah, it's, it felt it felt too soon. She's been here since February. It felt too soon, and then to have this really over the top celebration afterwards, where you know she's getting hugs and love from Natalia, who I thought was going to turn on her. I was hoping I was hoping Natalia was going to turn on her, but she didn't. Um, you know, making out with her boyfriend or her husband, I guess, in the crowd. Um, the Bellas jumping in the ring for some freaking reason. The Bellas jumped the barricade and got in the ring with uh, with Ronda and and Natalia and all you know, celebrated together. I didn't understand that at all. That was the part of this that drove me nuts is, is okay. The coronation, I can, the coronation. I can understand Rhonda getting the belt from a business standpoint. I really can. That's when I can go. All right. I don't agree with it. I think you're, you're hot shot in this. It's too soon, but I get it. All that rest of that stuff I felt was excessive and egregious and just obnoxious. So that was, that was where <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I was ready to throw my TV out the window. <laughs> well, you must have had a lot of fun because next up was Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar for the Universal Championship, the match we've all been waiting for with bated breath. Oh, wait, no, that's I'm so sorry. That's totally incorrect. We've all been hoping and praying what happened to just pull this damn Band-Aid off and get this over with, get this whole awful thing over with, just give Roman the goddamn title and have this be done. We're sick with this. Which, of course, was Vince's plan all along, was make us sick of it so that we would actually be happy when Roman finally picked up the title, which he finally did. Roman got the title. That being said, how he got there, I thought was really smart. And the only thing I can relate it to was kind of like a magician's sleight of hand. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Braun Strowman coming out after having beaten Kevin Owens to keep his brief. uh, Sorry. Brutalized Kevin Owens uh, after, you know, to retain his briefcase comes out and gave what I thought was one of the coolest speeches that I'd heard in a really long time. It was like, I don't give a damn who it is. I'm not this wuss that, you know, I'm to not going to stab you in the back. I'm going to do it to your face. His is much better. Uh, but I loved, and then he just stood there outside the <laughs> ring. Well, I thought it was like, I'm not a coward. I'm just going to wait outside the ring until one of you guys is really like tired. And then I'm gonna beat the crap out of you and take your time. Oh, whoever wins. Right. I was like, dude, I, I appreciated that, though, for what it's worth. They'll make it a triple threat if you're really not a coward, no, man. No, 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 no. They wouldn't have done that. But whoever does win, I thought it would be... have They been a, wouldn't have done that. I thought Braun it would have been character. an interesting thing to have had... Just continue the thing. It's almost a running joke now. Have Roman lose to Brock, but have Braun go in and cash in on Brock and get the title. That way, Roman continues to have somebody, and we can continue the Roman story around Braun uh, on TV. But... No, it, it this Braun was an unfortunate victim of 
I don't ha- know if there's a word for like you said, magician sleight of hand. Braun came out to get the pop and the cheers so that it could just be passively handed over to Roman upon his beating him and Brock beating down Braun Strowman outside. So exactly, think of this like we said, sleight of hand. This is this is a magician saying, okay, you guys are going to boo Roman. You're not happy with the fact that I want to put this on Roman. How do I put all these bells and whistles around? How do I manipulate everything so that at the very least, Roman won't get booed out of the building? Yeah. That's that's the bare minimum that he wants right now, right? Is, okay, so here's Brock. Here's Roman. And here's that guy you like, Braun Strowman. Huge pop when he comes out, right? Everyone's like, yes, oh my God. It's I stood happen. up. Sure. It was exciting. But then Braun's not going to get involved in the match. So it's going to just be Roman and Brock. So, but everyone's going to be sitting there watching. Well, whoever wins, Braun's going to come in. Halfway through the match, of course, you know, Braun gets involved in the match. One of the, one of the, I think Roman got thrown onto him on the outside. No, he, uh, Brock sidestepped a spear. And he yeah, going, Roman jumped out. Roman and hit, jumps into and it. Hit, and hit uh, Braun. And then Braun wasn't paying attention. And Brock attacked him on the outside, beat him down, hucked the money in the bank briefcase. Pretty much back out in the parking lot. I think Brock, Brock missed a, a potential career, Olympic career in shot put. Yeah. Uh, Jesus Christ. That and, thing went all the way up to the Tron. And uh, Drew, thank you for reminding me. Uh, while Brown was standing outside, there was a you both suck chant uh, for, yes. for Roman and Brock in the ring. Yes. Which really, sorry, Vince, that's what you get for making everyone hate Brock. Is that we are everyone already hated Roman, but now they hate Brock too. So that's going to happen. But... Here's the thing is that there was just enough distraction with Braun with Brock on the outside that Roman sneaks in a sudden spear. One, two, three, gets the championship, runs up the turnbuckle and uh, holds up the championship. And then we're out. Copyright out. It was so quick. This finish was so it was. I mean, I was sitting here going, wait, does it doesn't Braun get to cash in now? He's going to get the wh- what? We're done. It was so quick because it was it was that magician going and there's a trick. We're out. Bye. OK, see you. Right. And Vince has worn us down his. It, I think the reason he didn't pull the trigger at WrestleMania is because he's like, man, he's going to get booed out of the building. I'm going to have massive booze two years in a row at WrestleMania for a Roman coronation. That's a bad look. He still got booed, but at least it wasn't because of Roman coronation. It's going to be looked at as, as a, a, they booed the non finish. Yeah. And then he had three more months of just beating us down, beating us mentally down until we were sitting there going. I'm so excited that Lesnar doesn't have the title anymore. I'm so excited it's back on Raw. It'll be on Raw all the time now because it's on Roman Reigns. And that was the bare minimum that Vince wanted. And that's what he got from this match is people going, oh, thank God. And they were, they were happy enough that they didn't boo Roman out of the building. And that was the bare minimum. That we that know could. of. Because we didn't get to see it for what, I was I was seconds. reading the live reports and people were like, yeah, everyone was just kind of like, what? Uh, what huh, t- I mean, boo, boo, what? Everyone was so like taken aback by this match and kind of like, well, I guess it's good that Brock lost it. And I think we've all been marinating in it for long enough that it's like, yeah, OK, well, I guess that's that, you know, that's that's the mentality now. We've been beaten down. Vince McMahon has outlasted us. His bullheadedness. And his his stubbornness has outlasted enough of the universe to have Roman get the title and not get booed out of the building. Uh, well, yeah. uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens tonight on Raw. Uh, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see if Braun continues to pursue it. 
uh, like he was last night. What? I'm disappointed that he took one F5 and got hit one time on the back with the briefcase, and that showed you chair shots. That few was, chair shots, too. A bunch of chair fine. shots. He's a 400-pound monster. The, that's what you've sold me. The fact that he can't take that and lays yeah. there for the next 10 minutes. The fact that he can't take that from Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar can give that to him and he'll stay down because it's Brock Lesnar and only Roman is strong enough to give. What did you think of, of, of the finish of this, by the way? One spear after the WrestleMania match where it was just spamming finishers. He hit like three in a row earlier and earlier, but Brock was obviously back up and fine. Cause he beat down Braun Strowman. Sure. Sure. You know what I mean? After the, after the, so here's the thing there, there is some reports that they, they, they cut 20 minutes out of this match and they were basically like just spear him and we're done. Okay. Let's get out. Let's surprise the audience. Get out of here. You know, there there is that rumor going around right now, and I haven't seen it confirmed yet by a, by a real legit source. But probably won't. It did feel like it was rushed at the end of this match. It did. It was just like spear done. We're out. But I think that was also that was like I said that was part of the plan. Is hey, we're out. Bye. I can't remember ever seeing Brock Lesnar have a twenty minute match. So the fact that they cut out twenty minutes, I find a little bit far fetched. I think it was just a lot more business. You know what I mean? Braun, Braun getting back up from the beating that, as you said, was not really enough to keep the big man down. Yeah. I think there was more business with Braun, and that would have made it go 20 more minutes because it does seem strange to have your main event go five minutes. Maybe he was going to get up and cash in, and they just postponed it, and that was the pause? That, that was, was the delay? I guess we'll I don't find know. out. Well, I guess we'll find out. I don't know. But... Bottom line is that's that's SummerSlam. What did you, what what are your overall takeaways from this? Do you, overall, do you think it was a good show? It's one of those things where uh, overall I thought it was a good show. Uh, B plus. If I had to put yeah, a, if I had I to would, put a grade that's, on that's it, the grade I'd put on it too. Um, there were a few things where I just like it. Just they could have just cut fat out of the whole thing, like unnecessary yeah. kind of stuff. Maybe two that I can think of. Uh, cut the Elias bit out. Don't wasn't needed. Uh, didn't need all the Bella's shit and the Ronda Rousey coronation afterwards. You could have cut an hour out of the show. Yeah. I, I've stuff. still yet to hear a good explanation for why WWE needs its big pay-per-views to go seven hours. I, I, I've yet to, cause, because it's not because of commercials. <laughs> I don't know why. I think it's because their rosters are so bloated or something. I don't know. If someone in the comments could enlighten me as to why WWE needs these pay-per-views to go for so long. Yeah. I don't understand it, but apparently... Uh, it's not going to change anytime soon. What about you? What do you think about it? I, I again, B plus. I thought it was a really solid show. As I said at the top, there was almost no points where I was not entertained, and I was kind of rolling my eyes, going, "This sucks." Uh, you know, I, I I don't think that you should build shows around having this many squashes. I think that um, on SmackDown they demonstrably showed that they were more about wrestling and storytelling, and Raw was more about moments and kind of always gimmickry. been that way though, hadn't it? It, yeah, I don't. I, it's been back and forth. It's been up and down. There's been times where it's been more uh, and less. But this show was really very much that way. But then again, that's also kind of what we were saying earlier in the week, where WWE is about giving you a buffet of different things. Sure. And as much as you know, sometimes some of the stuff is for the kids or for the casual fans, and you've got some stuff for the more hardcore fans or the the internet smarks and that kind of thing. They're giving us a little bit of everything. We had a nice technical AJ Styles Samoa Joe match. We had a nice technical Miz and Daniel Bryan match. We had a nice technical Intercontinental Championship match, and then we had squash, squash. Uh, you know, Finn Balor is the demon. Woo, you know what I mean? Like you had Elias doing the drum and the the the, the, the guitar and the, the breaking the neck. A little bit of everything. 
a little bit of everything. So I thought I thought overall it was a well made show. If you're going to go seven hours, this is how you do it. So. Well, guys, that was it for SummerSlam. We hope you guys enjoyed it as well, but we're not done because another pay-per-view happened the night before, and that was NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 4. Oh, man, oh, man. You know, Nick, we, we were, we were going to try to keep the show to an hour, but there's just so much to talk about. <laughs> this is a SummerSlam-length yeah. recap show today, and I'm not mad at that because... We got to talk about Takeover Brooklyn Four, and it's you know it's, I'm kind of like getting this load of Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar off my shoulders because we've got five matches to talk about on this card, and each one, each one was a barn burner. Once yes. again, Takeover just dominating in terms of match quality and storytelling, and again. We, we talk about the production and the philosophical differences between the main roster and NXT. Right. It's hard. Like, I understand what the main roster is going for. They, they are going for YouTube hits. They're going for uh, internet v- visibility. They're going for mainstream visibility. Influencer. NXT is for people who love wrestling. And by God, it is one of the best things in the world at that. And I love me some New Japan. New Japan does not put on shows that top to bottom are this good. Right. They don't. In two to two and a half hours. In Right. <laughs> Unreal. Even New Japan runs six hours with their stuff sometimes. Well, yeah, because they have all these tag matches yeah. in the beginning. This was just, there was no fat to this whatsoever. Speaking of trimming the fat, no fat to this nope. whatsoever. Let's start off with uh, Undisputed Era versus Mustache Mountain for the tag championship. Talk about opening a show. A bunch of rubber matches on this. That was another interesting thing. Oh, Wins yeah. and losses matter. Wins and losses matter in NXT. And this was the one to really... This, they, they've, Mustache Mountain won the titles in England. They lost them back to Undisputed Era. Then they... Uh, uh, when when uh, Trent Seven had his leg almost pulled off of his body and Tyler Bate had to throw in the towel, which I thought which was a great... Which came into play in this match as well. Which was a great finish. Yep. Of course. No, th- that's part of the great things about rubber matches when wins and losses matter is you can do callbacks. Yeah. And the emotional investment is greater. And you'll hear us say that a lot in this in this uh, about this pay-per-view. Trent Seven did have a moment where he almost threw the towel in. Then uh, he was just like, no. It I'm was just- inverted. It was... It was Trent was... Uh, Trent was on the outside and Tyler Bate was wrapped up right. in the ring. Uh, and, Trent, and Trent was like, I'm not throwing in no damn towel. And he threw it in the crowd. Threw it in the crowd. Just get your Get your ass over here. You got this. Uh, fantastic match. I mean, obviously the first two are, are very highly rated. This one I thought was uh, excellent as well. My God, the pace, the pace these guys go at is just unbelievable. And quick shout out to Tyler Bate, who pound for pound might be up there with Cesaro as the strongest guy in all of the WWE. He's, he's not from this planet. He is a freak. He He's legit suplexed, gut wrench suplexed two men. After, after, almost immediately after doing a spin with them, with both with one on his back and one in the front, a, a, a giant swing. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, for me personally, it's, it's going to be, it was, it's been hard to top the moment of Mustache Mountain winning at Royal Albert Hall. That was oh, just yeah. such a big, so emotional hometown boys. Oh you know. man, and it was a fantastic match there as well. So I, they've all been a plus plus matches, and it's just it's I, I can't pick one. The story of the the those matches is is all one as far as I'm concerned. But undisputed era does retain their championships. Mm-hmm. So they did, and we both called that. Yeah. We, we knew that Mustache Mountain was going to go over and be part of the uh, 
UK tag division. The all new NXT UK. Yep. So that makes sense that they would leave them on Undisputed Era. The other reason we picked that is because we had a feeling that another member of Undisputed Era was going to lose their championship this evening, which we'll get to in a moment. But uh, that being said, this here was the the right finish. Uh, Undisputed Era does win clean and looks brutal doing so. Yeah, they do. Uh, but of course, the big story at the end of the match after Undisputed Era War does waiters. retain the wall waiters. Wall, wall waiters. waiters show up. And demolish them. That pop up on uh, was it? It was on. Um, uh, who was it? Which which one of the which one of undisputed or did they did they pop up and and do the power slam on? Was that? Uh, I think it was strong. No, it wasn't. I don't. I think it was O'Reilly. You think it was? O'Reilly? I think it was O'Reilly. He and could then, probably take and then, it. And then, yeah, no. And then strong took the dive to the outside. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But no, my God, they popped O'Reilly ten feet in the air. It was absolutely. I mean, part of it's O'Reilly jumping, but it's that's an. It looked insane. It looked insane. I can't wait for these big boys to work with these smaller guys. That's going to be some great matches. War Raiders is another team where I look at them and I go, they're really good. I love them. But dear God, they're going to suck on the main roster. Yeah. Yep. They really are. I think Undisputed Era could find their way on the main roster. War Raiders are going to suck on the main roster. Just saying. Next up, we had uh, EC3 facing off against Velveteen Dream. Um, were you did, going into this? Were you excited about this match? I know we, they're both good on the mic, and they were doing they were circling well and doing their little interactions. But when it comes to, down to the graps, were we was I, were you excited to see these two guys get hands on each other? This was a weird feud and a weird build for me, yeah. to be honest with you. I, I I'm not I'm still not uh, on the EC3 train. Me either. He's not as bad as Kona Reeves. No, but little is, uh, but he, I mean, because he's just he's solid gold on the mic, solid gold on the mic. His move set doesn't excite me. Um, his ring psychology doesn't doesn't move me. And I thought that the two of them did the best they could. This was a um, I don't know if it was stiff or sloppy or what it was, but EC3 took some lumps. Uh, he took that uh, reverse DDT or the in, weird inverted DDT that Velveteen Dream does. Took that on the ramp and legit. Got a big old knot in his head, big red knot in his head. Later on the match, uh, I think it was a super kick when he was trapped in the ropes from Velveteen. Gave him a big old shiner. Got a big mouse under his eye you could see after the match. Yep. Uh, busted him open. And, uh, you know, again, this was a fine match. It's just on this card, this was the least of all of the matches. Yeah. And, it was, and it was Velveteen's, I believe, first pay-per-view win. So... The big story of this yeah. match, this I believe, because he because he lost to uh, uh, Alistair, he lost to Cassius, Cassius Ono, yeah, and then and he lost Ricochet. He, he lost to Ricochet, yeah, yeah. So this I believe this he's he's one and three now. But the big story of this match for me was Velveteen coming out with the tights that on the butt said "Call me up, Vince." Seemed a little <laughs> seemed a little on the nose. Yeah, seemed a little on the nose. Uh, and uh, there was some speculation. Triple H uh, afterwards in his press conference said that he was not, he didn't know that he was wearing that until he saw it on the hard cam, which, hmm. You know, I, I kind of investigated this a little bit because I wondered if Dream would get some heat backstage for that after this. And uh, Meltzer, for one, said there's no way that that didn't go through the office. Yeah. Uh, or, or someone knew. Maybe Triple H didn't know, but someone knew and, and said, okay. Uh, but you know, the agent, the producer, somebody talent or something yeah. signed off on Toronto, one of those guys, someone signed off on it. Um, that being said, you know, who knows how well that went over backstage? Cause you know, 
that that seems like a bold a bold move. I'm not in on EC EC three either, but I'm all in on Velveteen Dream. Of course, that dude's gonna be, and he's 22, 23 now. God, he's so young. We say this every time. Yeah, <laughs> he's so good. The sky is the limit yeah. for this kid. Yeah, call him up, Vince. Speaking of the sky is the limit. Ricochet versus Adam Cole. I'm still shaking. Wow, I'm still twitching. Remember how fired up we were when this match was first announced? Like we were hoping it would get announced, and then it got announced, and we were just like shaking. And 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 I mean marking out. Oh, oh! I, I think this was. I'm gonna make a comment here, and it may be controversial. Come on. I'm thinking they left a lot on the table. Yes. I'm yes, thinking, they did. I'm thinking it because it didn't feel like some of the things that we've seen Ricochet do before to the extent that he's capable. And I'll say the same thing about Adam Cole. Um, is this going to continue? I think it will. I think Adam Cole is not going to let his North American Championship go away Boy. easily. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm hoping that we get more of this, maybe all the way to Survivor Series in November. Maybe, you know, maybe it just builds over time. But I would, I would be happy to see another match between these two. Maybe oh, yeah. like a second match on TV and then a rubber at uh, at uh, Survivor Series yep. weekend. Yep. Yep. Absolutely, I love these guys continue to wrestle. This definitely felt like they didn't go all out. There were some huge spots. Huge spots. We got to talk about the super kick in a second, but the <laughs> from now on it will be known as the super the super kick heard around the world. The super kick, all caps. Um, but it did feel like having seen a lot of other stuff, like Ricochet was trying to work more of a WWE style match, and I think that was it was something that they might have challenged him to do. Can okay. you do this? Yeah. Um, and still be exciting and still get over with the crowd. The answer, obviously, a resounding yes. Of course. Uh, Adam Cole, also just. Completely money. Uh, I, I heard a really good statement. I think Triple H said this in his press conference. It's really hard to make this stuff look easy. It's even harder to make it look hard. And Adam Cole makes it look hard. Yes. Like, it, But he makes it look easy, but it looks like he's trying hard to make it look easy. I don't know if that, if that, if I'm communicating that correctly. I know what you mean. You know what yeah. I mean? It's, he's so good that he makes it look like we couldn't do that. I couldn't do that. Whereas some guys are so good. They, you, you go, Oh yeah, it's easy. No problem. Hey, backflip. No problem. You know, ricochet is so smooth. You're like, Oh yeah. Flying double twist, reverse moonsault planche out of the outside. Yeah. Sh- that's what normal people do. Nah, man. <laughs> no, ricochet is a freak. No. So the whole fun, the whole funny line was Adam Cole saying, uh, ricochet is good. He may even be great, but he's not special. I vehemently disagree with you, Adam Cole. <laughs> that was the point of the match. That was the story. Yes, it was Ricochet being like, "Actually, I am special." Yes. So let's talk about the, let's talk about the super kick. So a lot of flack because so if you haven't watched it yet, first of all, go watch it. Second of all, there was a spot in this match where Ricochet did a a, a moonsault from the second rope, and while he was completely upside down, Adam Cole kicked him in the goddamn head. He super kicked him in the goddamn head. This is one of those moves where it needs to be executed to the inch perfectly or someone breaks a goddamn neck and it was executed perfectly. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely perfectly. Uh, Arguably the greatest super kick of all time up there with Shawn Michaels to Shelton Benjamin from the top like that. This was one of the greatest single moves I've ever seen. And and then Adam Adam Cole doing the 
the Jack Sparrow run towards him to give him a, a you know, he's like, he's kind of, oh God, I got to get him. And he ran over to Ricochet and then and threw him up in another move and went for the pin. Ricochet kicked out. So that's the controversial thing is should uh. Ricochet have kicked out at that point or was, was that a match ender? And my point is no, Ricochet is special. No, he, of course he kicked out. Adam Cole would have to do more than that to put him away. Um, and there was a, a couple more great spots in this match, but that's when the match really picked up. And it went to town and... Yeah, fantastic. I hope we get more. This was, yeah, I hope we get more. It, it, I'm just going to leave it at that. It, it felt like a preamble, a precursor, even though that there were a couple of major spots in there. Mm-hmm. Let's go over and talk about the uh, NXT Women's Championship match uh, where Shayna oh, Baszler yes. was defending against the newly invigorated Kyrie Sane. Let like me see if I can some, say this like, like Sam Roberts. Kyrie Sane. Kyrie. Kyrie. Kyrie Sane. Kyrie. Uh, she's had, she's something... Uh, has just had her wound up and a different kind of Kaidi Sane over the last couple of weeks. There was a lot of New Japan in this show, and I'm, yeah. I'm going to say that. I know that's that's a very kind of marky thing to say, but bear with me. So on one on one thing, Ricochet came out. He's got that um, jacket with the wings on it. Yep. That to me looks very Tanahashi. Okay. And it, it does. It's very Hiroshi Tanahashi. Ricochet and, and Tanahashi, are, and if you don't know who Tanahashi is, he's the ace of New Japan. He's the top guy, has been for years and years and years. Um, has been falling off a little bit recently, but looks like he's on a resurgence right now. Well, he just but, won the G1. He's okay. Yes, he's having a resurgence right. is what I'm saying. Um, but he is arguably one of the greatest baby faces in the world, one of the greatest wrestlers of all time, and he and Ricochet are very close. Um, and Ricochet recently has been calling him the, himself the ace of NXT. Uh, Tanahashi calling himself the ace of New Japan. Uh, and Ricochet actually online asked for Tanahashi's blessing to call himself that. And Tanahashi, of course, gave it, saying, yes, you've earned that, uh, which is a huge honor, by the way. But I, but I felt a little bit of Tanahashi with, with Ricochet's ring gear. I felt a little bit of that. Hmm. Um, okay. Tanahashi has very similar ring gear. Go look him up online. You'll see what I mean. Um, with the Shayna Baszler match, so the finish of the G1 this year was Tanahashi versus Ibushi. And it was Tanahashi getting beaten down by this younger guy with all this energy. And, and Ibushi got really vicious at one point in the match to the point where you're like, my God, this old, old, the old Tanahashi is just going to get crushed. And then Tanahashi manned the hell up and had a complete Hulkamania moment where he just, every massive stiff hit he would take, he'd just turn back to Ibushi and yell in his face. I felt that with the Kyrie match. And then triple tapped him. Yeah, and then, and yeah, triple finish. finisher. She just murdered him, murdered him. Kyrie did the same thing with Kyrie, the elbows. Kyrie did, well, she tried to do the same thing. And this is the story of this match. I love, by the way, so before we go any further, I loved, loved this match. Me too. I, lo- I loved the storytelling. I loved how vicious Shayna was. I loved how kind of sweet and goofy Kyrie was until she got set off and then she became a freaking animal and then i love the fact that even though she became this animal she found that killer instinct that they were talking about with the build its match she still couldn't put away Shayna because Shayna was just that much of a monster the only way she could beat Shayna was by being a wily in-ring specialist and and getting that little roll out of the kirafuda clutch into a pinning combination like into a roll-up pin like she pinned her down um, got her, got her, got her shoulders down for just long enough. I loved that. I yep. loved the way this match was built. And both of these women, I thought, were head and shoulders above where they were a year ago at the finals of the Mae Young Classic, where they had their first match. It's amazing to see how far they've come in just a year. 
for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. Uh, but Kyrie Sane comes out on top. She does. She's the new champ. She's the NXT Women's. It's champion. the one thing we got wrong on this show. Mm. We we both called uh, uh, Shayna to retain. We got everything else. We we both called the same on this entire show. I wouldn't be surprised uh, if we see Shayna appear on Raw aside Ronda Rousey. You know, maybe contesting Ronda Rousey. Yeah. Something to do around Ronda Rousey. We, we called that Shayna was going to come up if she lost the title. I'm still waiting to see her come up. Uh, if she stays in NXT for longer, I will be a little bit surprised. But there may be other stuff I don't know about yeah. that's going on. Um, there may be reasons why she's staying in NXT for longer. I don't know. Maybe she's got to finish out her whole thing with Dakota Kai. A broken Shayna Baszler finally gets beaten by Dakota Kai. Something like that. Sure. I don't know. Sure. But bottom line is, I was surprised that Kyrie won, but the way that she won, I'm not mad at it at all. Yeah. It kept Shayna looking like a beast. It made Kyrie look like a little monster. Uh, and, and, you know, for someone who's kind of as... For a lot of American eyes, as corny as yeah. as Kyrie can be, um, I thought that this was a good way of showing that. Yeah, she has a lot of these kind of goofy trappings with the pirate stuff and the little little stomp, and yeah, she's so cute. You know, she's like a little anime <laughs> character, <laughs> you know. But man, she can turn it on. And like a lot of these Joshi wrestlers from Japan, they're all cute until they start kicking you in the head, and then the cuteness goes away, and they're terrifying. Well, hey, next up, uh, closing out the night. Are we closing out this feud? I certainly hope not. Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa, round three. Trace. Yes. Wow. Again, wow, 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 again, wow. Wow, 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 wow. Um, <laughs> I don't feel like, I mean, they're, they keep escalating from the previous matches. They keep finding new ways to just destroy each other. Um, it didn't feel that much different from the street fight one because yeah. the rules are kind of the same. Same rules. They did a lot of callbacks. They kind of had to to keep this interesting. Um, Johnny has officially gone to the dark side. His his little kind of half smiley face symbol is now looking like Venom, where the darkness within. He's tweeting about the darkness within. I think someone in our Facebook group when we were watching it uh, noticed that. And um, you know, I, I like the fact that Johnny has now completely lost his mind and he's given into the darkness and is just out to destroy Tommaso Ciampa. And Ciampa is just kind of fighting for his life. Really, and there was just some absolute brutality in this match. It was the last man standing match. And my God, I'm usually not, I usually can't stand those matches. I can't stand last man standing matches because you know, the one always don't going down to the count. The they're gonna get up. They're gonna get up. It's just it feels like a waste of time. Like we know they're gonna get up. This to me, um, you have a note in here. Does the finish feel like a letdown? Yes. No. No. I, I was not let down. A lot of people were. Okay. I'd love I'd love to have that conversation. Were you one of them? No. I was not let down by the finish, but at the same time, it didn't really flip my wig. Okay. I know what they were going for. I know what they were going for with the finish. From what I understand, the finish was changed on the fly due to a legit injury to Johnny Gargano. Um, it's hard to say what they did differently than what it would have actually been because from a storytelling standpoint, it works. The finish of the match, of course, was uh, Johnny finally handcuffs Tommaso Ciampa to some of the lighting rig over on the side of the stage. Right. And, uh, you know, just starts beating the shit out of him. Absolutely annihilating him. And finally pulling down his um, his knee pad and going for a final knockout knee, but going too hard. The rage overcoming him too much and going through Ciampa, knocking him out, but then going past him and falling onto a bunch of equipment and busting up his knee, yeah, dislocating, quotes, his, right. dislocating his knee so that he could no longer stand. Tommaso, meanwhile, 
uh, rolls off the edge of the stage, sliding off the edge of the stage, <laughs> half conscious, so that he's propped up by the stage, but his feet are on the ground, and somehow retains. Um, the story, the idea being that Johnny's hatred made him dumb, and uh, you know, made him made him do something that was so violent that he didn't think about his own safety, and as a result, made him made a, a fatal error, a fatal mistake. But it didn't necessarily read that well. If that makes sense, it, I, I get what they were going for. It's just at this point in this feud, it didn't read well. I think it was a logical next step into what is going to continue to be a long-running feud for the rest of the year. I've been saying all year that this is going to go run the length of the year. I don't still don't think we're anywhere near done with this yet. But it needs some time off. Sure, sure. It needs there. to breathe. But what do you do? Bring Alistair back? Bring Lars back? Who, who yeah, you- let let Tommaso face another someone else for the for the main championship. Okay. Whether it's Adam Cole or somebody else, you know, Adam Cole Adam Cole's almost a face at this point. Yeah. Like you know they're. <laughs> With his reactions, you could turn him face for a little bit against um, against Tommaso, or or you know they've got a lot of other guys you could you could put against Tommaso Ciampa right now. Um, let Johnny go away and be quote unquote injured for a while, lick his wounds, shows back up. We're not finished yet. Sure, yeah, yeah. But let it. Here's here's the thing. This was supposed to be a triple threat with Alistair, and they had to scramble to get what they got here. And one of the reasons why this match, I think, felt like a little bit too much of the same because it is. It was. They, this wasn't what they wanted to do. They knew it would be too much of the same if we had a third Champo Gargano match this soon. And it was. It was still so good because these guys are absolutely freaking amazing. And it was, it was really, really good. It just, you know, at this point, we've seen it too many times. It needs to breathe. I, I would love to see a Lars uh, intervention of some sort. I would love to see him kind of take on a little bit of a face, uh, a big man face role. Who's but, that? Uh, Lars, Lars. Lars Sullivan, yeah. I mean, they could bring him back face against Ciampa, you know, and have Ciampa beat him down. Could be interesting. Who knows? Uh, sneak away with the wins on Lars, and yeah. w- which would make Ciampa even, because uh, people like Lars. Oh, yeah. You know, they do. That's what I'm saying. He would work as a face. Yeah, absolutely. And, and especially with Ciampa being the, you know, wily little shithead heel who keeps sneaking away wins on Lars. Oh, that'd make people insane. Oh, yeah. So, be one of them, me included. Yeah, so let's hope they give this a little bit of air. This is the, to me, this was fine. I, I thought this was great. I, I liked the ending this on another. God damn it, Champa! Yeah, you son of a bitch, bald headed bastard. But he is still your champ, <laughs> and NXT once again brings the house down with another fantastic takeover. Oh man! All right, so final thoughts, final takeaways on takeover. Yeah, what do you? Th- how do you compare this to other takeovers? Like, where does this rank in all of the takeovers? I mean, the tag match was. Five star, in my opinion, that that was that all of them have been. That's the point. All three of the matches between these two teams have just been amazing, and going all the way back to Royal Albert Hall. Um, I didn't care for the EC3 Velveteen Dream, so that's my one kind of knock on mm-hmm. this whole card. Uh, but but even I mean, that's a minor knock. It's, it's like- the first defense of the North American Championship we've seen, mm-hmm. and I thought it delivered. Woo. Oh boy, and it even left some things on the table that we could see more of with between those two going going forward. Uh, maybe if is they want to do the that first, is it? He's defended it before. I don't think he's defended that. He has. Belt. Oh, yeah. Has he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to remember who, but I know he's defended it not many times, which was Ricochet's whole point. Okay, but he has defended it. Um, let me see here. What else do we have? Didn't uh, he, didn't he defend it against Roderick Strong before Roderick turned? Anyway, whatever. Neither here nor there. We'll figure that out. The point is, this was fantastic. How does it rate to other takeovers? That's hard for me to say because I haven't seen a takeover that I was disappointed in yet. <laughs> Dead serious. Touche. 
So Touche. What about well, then, you? I think, what do you I think? think I think that's the perfect way to say it. Uh, yeah, I agree. I, I thought this was another barn burner. Uh, I'm very curious to see where NXT goes now. We've kind of reshaped the landscape a little bit with a few, with a few things, uh, and I'm very interested to see where they go next. So I'm very excited. And obviously, the one last thing we have to mention before we get out of here is who should we see in the crowd in the middle of this? Bro, bro, yes. Matt Riddle, Matt Riddle. Oh, it's official. He's he's coming to NXT. He's going to be at a progress show at the end of September. He has signed with the WWE here. We'll, we'll get into how he got to the WWE in the main show this week on our main show, because it's a very interesting story. Uh, about how he got there. This is this has gone full meta on us. So we've now got Donovan Dijak, Keith Lee, Ricochet, and and Matt Riddle. Well, it's just like all it's, in NXT they, right now. They raid PWG from time to time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like it's like back when Sammy and Kevin and all the rest came through. I mean, Champa Gargano. I mean, it's this is not a new thing, dude. Yeah. This is not a new thing, and it will probably happen again. They're going to build up a bunch more guys. We'll see Brody King in there in I'm two just years. Excited because it's all our guys. <laughs> That's <laughs> uh, it's what happens every time, man. Yeah. Yep. Well, guys, thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, those Let's of you really quickly, the, before oh, we get okay. out of here, I want to talk about something. We had our pickums. Oh, well, of course. Yes, we have to go down that. Who I, only wanna, I only want to bring it up because I won. Wait, no. Yeah, I did. How did you, how did you win? Well, let's see. Uh, I picked Rusa, I, I picked Zelina Vega Andrade Almas. That's one for me. Neither of us got Cedric Alexander Jugulak. Neither of us got Revival and B Team. Uh, you got Seth Rollins. Uh, and Dean and uh, Dolph Ziggler. Okay. Uh, I got uh, Bludgeon Brothers over New Day, and I got Braun Strowman. Shitty finish. And I got Braun Strowman. Okay, so three to one. Every other one we we picked the same on. Every other one. We gotta we stop the, doing we that. We picked the same on. I know. We gotta. We gotta. <laughs> we gotta. <laughs> we gotta make sure that we have more controversial ones. But, oh, uh, man. And you got to stop picking against Braun, bro. I know. I know. Can't believe know. you picked against your Until boy. they put him up against Every Roman. time you pick against Braun, I'm going to pick Braun. Because Braun's the reason you won WrestleMania. Don't forget. Never forget. Actually, Cedric's probably the reason I won. Because I put the prop <laughs> you put, you way put some up there. Big, yeah, that's right. You put a big one inside. Yeah. Anyway, bottom line, once again, your boy, Sir Ian Dangerous, comes out with the big victory on the pay-per-view, unless it's WrestleMania, in which case I lose. Right. But, but it's uh, not like I picked a bunch of stuff wrong. You no, you got a lot of stuff right. I just happened to agree with you. Okay. You, you, you were right and agreed with me. Well, those of you in the chat, thanks for hanging out. Uh, thanks, everybody else, for tuning in to our recap of SummerSlam and TakeOver Brooklyn 4. Uh, if you want to support the show, come and join us in the Facebook discussion group. Lots of action going on over there. You can also find us on Twitter at BWO Podcast. And hey, if you want to interact with the show and get involved, you can head over to patreon.com slash BWO. Check out some of our cool tiers. Get a copy of the show notes. Ask listener questions. And hey, we're going to even be doing our first special uh, bonus episode for yeah. the month. Uh, we're now re- that we're past SummerSlam. We're going to record that right after this. On Roman Reigns. So be sure to stick around for that. If you'd like to hear that, that is available at the $10 tier on Patreon. Last but certainly not least, uh, if you want to rock some sweet swag and let everybody know that we are your favorite show, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash store. Pick up a t-shirt, hoodie, phone case, coffee mug, all that good stuff. Yeah, and don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Uh, tell everyone we're on YouTube now. Yes! We're on YouTube. Everyone, go subscribe to us on YouTube. Leave comments uh, and, and leave comments on your podcast app of choice, whether that's on Android or on iPhone, iTunes, 
Spotify. What else are we on? We're on. Uh, you can leave reviews on Facebook. You can leave reviews on That's Facebook. Awesome. Yeah. Any, or just send that. us a note at BWO at orbitaljigsaw.com. We love that feedback. Yeah, please let us know what we can do better to make a better show for all of you guys. But I'm Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at Nick Podcast. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. God! Would somebody stop the damn match? This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.